hear the word dining, I'm sure all sorts of things come to our mind, right? Some think of fish nalafuala. How will I look? I mean, I'm going before this king. I should look beautiful. And that's a normal thing for us being human. We'll always think of what am I going to wear? Is it just a woman thing? <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> so it's also a man thing, right? They'll think of how, do I, how will I look? How, how should I present myself before the king? Amen. Okay, so we'll help, us, we'll help each other understand. Dining simply means coming to have a meal together. Amen. And then a king is one who heads a kingdom. Amen. So dining is having a meal, right, with someone or with people. And then a king is defined as one who heads a kingdom. Amen. And in this context, we're talking about the king of kings, our God and our savior. Amen. So we are invited. You are all invited, by the way. You coming in here. You already responded to an invitation to come and dine with the king in this setting. Amen. But when we read Psalm uh, 15, it's interesting. The first part is interesting. Do they have? Oh, thank you. Psalm 15 verse 1 says, God, who gets invited to dinner at your place? Am I in, in people's way? Are you all able to see? Oh, okay. Who gets invited to your place? How do we get on your guest list? Good question, eh? Who gets invited to the king? I was trying to imagine what was in David's mind or heart to ask such a question. Because we know David, the Bible says he was a man after God's heart. So I'm sure after every encounter he has had, then he was sitting and thinking... God, who gets invited to your presence? Who gets on your guest list? I'll read in the Amplified because there's something I want to highlight, but you can keep the, the scripture up there. In the Amplified version, verse 15, uh, chapter 15, verse 1 says, O Lord, who may lodge as a guest in your tent and who may dwell continually on your holy hill? I want us to note two things. The first part, he says, who may lodge as a guest? Okay? So, my understanding is that we all have an invitation to come, right? But we can choose whether that invitation will be temporal or will permanently stay and continuously dine with the king. And the secret is in here. He says, Lord, who may lodge as a guest? Okay, everybody can lodge as a guest. We can all come. First-time visitors can come to the church, right? Old members can come to the church. But your staying and dining and continuously speaks of dwelling, abiding, staying before the king, ever eating and feeding from him. Amen. So he says that who may now continually dwell on your holy hill. Wow. That caught my attention. It says your holy hill. So meaning there's a place you can be if your lifestyle or your character. Oh, I went ahead of myself. The theme for today is character matters. 
So we can continue from there. <laughs> Character what? Matters. So we have heard that one who has to continually dwell on the mountain of God, which is holy, there's an aspect of character required of them. Amen. There's an aspect of character required of us. And this is the one in verse 2 that now, whoops, that now tells us the types and the character that is required for us to come and dine before the king. It's in verse 2. Our focus as women, we're, we're staying in verse 2. Amen. Where the Bible says, walk right. Work with me. So the Bible says we need to walk right. And then we need to act right. And then we need to speak truth. Okay. But that will come. Uh, we'll see it in verse 2 when the scripture is put back up there. So these three are our focus for today. So the number one aspect the Lord is requiring of us is to walk right. We saw from the lady in the golden dress that her walk was based on how she looked. Okay? But is that what the king is requiring? No. When Samuel was sent to go and anoint David... He was looking at the outward appearance of how the brothers to David were looking. And Samuel thought, uh-huh, Eliab, probably Eliab, this is it. He's tall, he's looking good, he has everything that fits to be a king. But God corrected him. He said, man looks at the outward appearance, but I am looking at the heart. What is the posture of our hearts? How are we walking before God in our hearts where people can't see, but God can? Amen. So the number one requirement we are taught in Psalm 15 is that we need to walk straight. Amen. To dine with the king and stay there, we need to walk straight. How do we walk straight? It's to walk in integrity. What is integrity? Somebody may ask. It is simply doing something when no one is watching. Doing what? And not just something. Doing something right when no one is watching. So introspection. What are we doing when all the lights are off? I mean, when everybody else is not there. Everyone who knows you that you come to open church. Or everyone who knows you that you sing or you act, or you preach. <laughs> Amen. What are you doing in secret? Well, I have good news for you. God still sees. We can hide from one another, but God will see. Amen. And is that the action he requires of us? Is that the walk he requires of us? The Bible expresses, I remember uh, during Connect Group, there was an invitation. The word of the Lord had come to say, if you struggle with sin, it's secret sin, right? The best way to overcome secret sin, confess to one another, the Bible encourages us. Confess to one another, to the leaders. We have leaders in the church that could walk with us till we are at a place where we are strong, till we are at a place where we can walk straight. Amen. We, are all, we all don't come perfect, but God still puts a requirement. We are expected to walk straight. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
And another way that we're expected to walk straight is it encourages us to say we need to have strength of character. As we walk straight, we need to have courage, moral courage. Amen. It is not everything that everyone is doing that we should expect to do as well. It is not everything that we watch on TV, on Netflix, on everywhere, on social media, that we should do, that we should emulate. Paul encourages us to say, imitate me as I imitate God. So we already have a standard. It is Christ. Amen. We are daily changed into the image of Christ. Praise the Lord. And so when we resolve to walk straight, he will begin a work in us. Amen. And with God, he won't leave us hanging. He says he accomplishes that which he has begun in our lives. Praise the Lord. So even if you start walking, you are limping. Keep walking. As long as it is the Lord guiding you. He's building that character. Amen. Confess, Lord, I've done it again. Have mercy. Begin. Keep walking. Walk right. Amen. They say that um, a failure is one who, who refuses to get up. But if you rise up from where you fail, then you're not a failure. Amen. Amen. A failure is one who refuses to get up. But with God, see, his love is so amazing that he says his arms are ever stretched wide. Come. Like we were, we, were, we were encouraged this morning. He said, come unto me. Call unto me. And he says, call unto me in your time of trouble. And I will hear you. And I will deliver you that you may give me glory. Praise the Lord. So no matter where you are in your walk with God, resolve to walk straight. Yes, you will start to walk straight. Maybe there's an obstacle in your way and you fall. You sin. Get up. Say, Lord, help me up. Lord, I messed up, but I want to walk right. So help me. And he will hold you. He says, I uphold you with my righteous right hand. Praise the Lord. So we can attend what he requests of us to come and dine before him. Praise the Lord. Because it's not in our might, but it is in the might of God. Hallelujah. It is by the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. And our second point, it says, act right. Praise the Lord. So in verse 2, we are told to act right. What does it mean to act right? Other versions will tell us that to act right simply means to practice righteousness. But how will we know what we need to practice? We have to stay in the word of God. We have to stay in what? In the word of God. That is where we will know how to practice righteousness. Praise the Lord. Shake your neighbor and tell them, don't miss your God moment. Hallelujah. So stay in the word of God to know how to act right. Sorry if I'm going to bust your bubble, but Netflix or social media will not teach us how to practice righteousness. Righteousness is in the presence of the king because he is righteousness. Amen. When we dine with him in our devotions, we're eating of his word. Praise the Lord. We are becoming like him. And hence, we will begin to act like him. 
praise the Lord. So we have to have the word as our companion when we want to act, to act right. For instance, we saw in the sketch the person on the phone. Was that the way to act before a king or before anyone? Before the presence of any elderly person, you do not act like that. My husband has a rule. When you're at the dinner table, you don't touch your phone. <laughs> no matter who is calling or how tempting or how nice the song you were listening to before you came to sit for you to continue playing it at the dinner table. Amen. And that is the correct way to act. Before dinner, it is time to eat. So when we are dining with the king, it is not time for us to check, oh, so who has liked the picture I sent last night? Eh? Yeah, how many likes? 20. Okay. It's, ah, it's coming up. So has that, I texted somebody last, have they responded? Yeah, but I said sorry. You are in the presence of the king. Give him all the attention. For us to know to act right, we need to deal with things that we know. It's a phone. You enter that door, you simply turn it off or put it on silent. It's only an hour or two before the presence of a king. Amen. Life or destiny can be attained or lost just in that moment when you get distracted. An opportunity is lost just by a simple distraction. Amen. What if the Lord brought you here to listen to the word and the next thing you will receive when you walk out is a quote for an interview? But if you had not focused and prayed through when our pastors require us to pray through, you will miss the interview. You will miss the opportunity for a business or a network. Praise the Lord. So the Lord is calling us to practice righteousness, to act right before the presence of God. Even to our parents, do you come, your father has called you, then you come before him. Okay, dad, wait. Let me just take this one. Okay, dad, really? And your dad will allow you to continue. You are in the presence of the king. Okay, maybe imagine with me. The, the president calls you. How would we behave before the presence of the president? Are we going to be on the phone? Are we going to say, Mr. President, hold on, nicer? Then you go and pick up the call. Oh, no. Destinies have been lost as a result of a mere simple distraction. So we have to set our priorities right as we choose to act and practice righteousness. Praise the Lord. What is important to your life? I mean, you woke up, dressed up, and said, I'm going before God, be in the presence of the Lord. Then you come, and you allow your phone to distract you or your friend. to say, sense. Is what she's saying making sense? No, leave your friend. You don't know what God is communicating to their heart. Amen. When we are invited, we are invited individually. I will repeat. When we are invited to dine with the king, it's an invitation to an individual. Yes, the family may be called. They might say, Mr. and Mrs. Ngoma. But when we are coming before the king, we are coming as individuals. Praise the Lord. And even when this, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. So this whole practice of us coming to dine is simply a practice of what we are going to do when we sit with the king forever. 
Oh, by the way, the one before me. So we might as well know how to worship, know how to praise, know how to only focus on him because we will do that for eternity. Amen. So this is just a dress rehearsal. We should have eternity in mind and hence act with, act the right way. Amen. And practice righteousness. And we ought to do what is right. First John chapter 2 verse 9. First John chapter 2, verse 9. And this action, it must be truth in action, integrity in action, and justice in action. We are doing our neighbor injustice if we come in the presence of God like this and we keep poking them. We keep poking them. You're the only one hearing what is funny. You're refusing to tell your mind to say focus. Amen. We have the right, you have the right to tell your mind. I'm in the presence of God and will focus on God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. In 1 John, I don't know if, if we have it. 1 John chapter 2, verse 29. If it's not there, I can read. Okay, praise the Lord. Since we know that Christ is righteous, we also know that all who do what is right are God's children. It is not me is the Bible. So if you read the Bible, you will find this very familiar. Amen. He says that all who do what is right are God's children. So if you are a child of God, you are expected to act right. Praise the Lord. Before the king, whether it's earthly kings, you are expected to act with etiquette. I was listening to, to Miles Monroe and he was explaining how that when he was caught, given an opportunity to go before Queen Elizabeth, the late Queen Elizabeth, he was, he couldn't just go direct to meet the queen. He had to go through a preparation, a training of how you behave before the queen, what your kind of speech that you need to use before the queen. And he said a statement that startled me. He said that after all the training and they test you, you make a mistake. You're disqualified for that moment to go and meet with the king. You have to go and redo the training. Amen. But God has given us at least a grace period eh, before he comes. For us to keep training and getting it right until he comes. To know how to act right. And it starts with how are we acting before our fellow brothers and sisters. How is my behavior towards you? How are my actions? Do I act in truth towards you? Am I just towards you? Praise the Lord. We ought to act with integrity as well. But know this. Everyone who is called a child of God is expected to act right. Amen. Praise the Lord. And the third character that the father is looking for, according to Psalm 15, is we need to tell the truth. We need to speak truth. Praise the Lord. So we need to speak truth, number one. The other version says to speak truth from a sincere heart. And I was thinking, to speak truth, why is there an emphasis of from a sincere heart? Is it possible I can speak truth but not from a sincere heart? Hmm? Food for thought. Is it also possible that I can speak truth 
not from my heart, maybe from my head, from what I am thinking. And mostly this that we deem truth is from what we assume about people, about situations, and about things. And I know we also may assume about God. Say God is forgiving, he's gracious, so he won't mind if I'm acting wrong. Or he won't mind if I'm lying. He knows my heart. He knows I'm very weak in this area. Oh, okay. But he is giving us a condition to say, if you are to come and dine and dwell on my holy hill, this is what I expect of you. To speak truth. To speak truth even when it costs you. Even when it costs your job position. To speak the truth. Even at school, if you're found in something wrong or in wrong company and you do something wrong, speak the truth. Praise the Lord. Yes, in that moment, they may expel you or suspend you. But God, who has seen your righteous heart, who has seen you wanting to do right and telling the truth, he will come through. Who knows? They might call you back. Who knows, even if you're dismissed from that job, he'll get you something better because you stood by speaking the truth. Praise the Lord. As children of God, we need to resolve to speak truth. Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 25. It tells, it, it is emphasizing or encouraging us. It's saying, stop lying to each other. Tell the truth. For we are parts of each other. And when we lie to each other, we are hurting ourselves. Imagine that. Every time we lie to each other, we're only hurting ourselves. Praise the Lord. And as believers, Ephesians 6, I think it is 14, it encourages us as we put on the full armor. I found it interesting that they that the writer, that Lord, the Holy Spirit would decide to choose truth as a belt. Amen. We've all used the belt before. If you have maybe some, an oversized pants or trousers, you put a belt for it to fit perfect, to hold it up, isn't it? Now imagine if we live, when we live our lives reckless, what happens to the full armor? It is loose. Hello? It becomes what? Loose. Without truth, we're living loose lives as believers. Lord, help us. Amen. That's why even if the enemy lodges an attack, it comes straight. And it happens. Because somewhere, there's no truth to hold everything up and intact. Praise the Lord. We're told that put on the belt of truth to gird your loins. Amen. Okay, Holy Spirit. For men to gird your loins with the belt of truth, it speaks of the seeds that you carry. Are you standing in the truth of the word of God so that even as you're bringing forth your offspring in the right way, there will be a righteous offspring? Food for thought. As you are walking with the Lord, is there truth that you are guarding your loins? Amen. Because I think 100% of what the child carries is the father's DNA, isn't it? 
So I'm here. Whatever struggles I struggle with, it's because <laughs> it came from my father. Hey, fathers, we need you. We need you to walk in truth so that we don't have to fight battles that we are fighting today. Praise the Lord. It says, gird the loins. Even us women, we still have a waist to gird it. It's not to twerk it everywhere in public. No. Gird it with the truth. And the truth says we act right. Amen. The truth says we cover it when we need to. It's not for everybody to see. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I was once told that only flies tend to sit on food that is not covered. So if you want to attract flies, uncover yourself. But as a child of God, it is not for you. As a child of God, it is not for you. So invitation is free. Preparation is costly. The invitation is free. But as we have heard, the three characteristics outlined this morning, it is costly. It requires our all. It requires everything that is within us to act right, to walk in integrity, to walk straight, and to speak the truth. It will require us to be purposeful, to be intentional every single day. You will wake up and say, I walk in truth. I walk upright. Amen? Jesus said, God said in Corinthians that he made Christ who knew no sin, that we who are now believers could be the righteousness of God. So remind yourself, child of God, you may have messed up yesterday, yes, but rise today and say, I repented. I am the righteousness of God. I walk straight. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But then, <laughs> the truth of the matter is, Revelation tells us something. There's an invitation in Revelations chapter 3. See, people write, right. Pens keep falling off <laughs> my Bible. Revelations chapter 3. Another invitation. Hallelujah. Revelations chapter 3 verse 20. Bible says, Behold, I stand at the door and continually knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him. Amplified says, eat with him simply means to restore him and he with me. Hallelujah. The first step in dining or answering the invitation to dine with the king is to give our lives to the Lord. Amen. The first and open state is you to be born again. Hallelujah. Because you cannot walk right on your own. You cannot do right without Christ as your Lord and Savior in your heart. Without being born again, the Bible tells us we can't even see or enter the kingdom of God. So how will we dine with him? Amen. So there's an invitation in this moment. May we please all rise.